it's that the people who are living astonishingly alive have a greater sense of clarity about the stuff that's going to make them feel alive. And then they schedule it. And it's so boring to open up your calendar, but that's the difference sometimes between people that have good intentions about living life large. Welcome back to Happy Brain. We got a great episode today. I am talking with Jody Wellman. She is a leading authority on living life's worth living. She has a master's of applied psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. She has a TED talk that's had over 1.3 million views. Today, we're going to talk about the practice of memento mori, remembering we must die, that that can help us all live with more intention and urgency, with vitality and meaning. So enjoy this episode. Awesome thoughts at the end. Cheers. All right. Welcome back to Happy Brain. I'm with Jody Wellman. I just gave your great intro just a second ago. Um, before we started recording, and it's so excited to um, to talk to you. And I mentioned earlier in this that you have a limited amount of time left in this in this world, and you quantify it in a specific way. Do you want to tell us about how you quantify time? <laughs> I'd love to. Yes, it's my very favorite thing to do in a very weird way. Um, in the spirit of time being finite, specifically, we roughly get four thousand Mondays, four thousand weeks. That's roughly what it adds up to. Uh, I am obsessive interested in how much time do we have left? And so I get us counting our number of Mondays remaining. For example, I know I have 1,881 left to go on average, hopefully more, but let's be honest, something could happen this weekend. Um, and so, yeah, I get us counting and I'm happy to tell you why, but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that wants us to really get granular with how much time we have left. So I, I did, you have a calculation on your website, site um, 4000mondays.com, is that correct? You're right. And uh, so it, it asks you, you know, your basic information. And I think the average, I mean, I'm getting this guessing, it's but about 4,000 Mondays for an average mm-hmm. lifespan. So, you know, give or take, is that about yeah. right? Yeah. So um, you can do the math to figure out how old I am, but I have about 1,410 Mondays left. Um, okay. I gave myself a couple bonus years, like on your quiz, like it says, <laughs> you know, are you living, you know, like you can give plus or minus a little bit so you can, right. and so I'm a, a, I gave myself a plus couple. Okay. Um, Cause you think your lifestyle is pretty good. I mean, I, it could definitely improve, but you know, I, I just want to be optimistic. Um, I respect that. And that pays off. And can it, I ask you, does that number make you feel any which way? Well, it's interesting because I, I look at, you know, my parents are still great and luckily alive. And my, my father is heading about 78. So I looked at his and his number is a lot less, Yeah. but I really appreciate how he lives his life. Um, he, I mean, he still works a lot, but he doesn't definitely has a, an attitude of doing things and wanting to make changes and still his age, like he's moving to a new place at 78. Oh. So he's, he's got some energy left. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it, that continues yeah. for me. Um, but for me, yeah. um, the other thing we'll talk about since we're here, you also have part of your quiz is you have mm-hmm. a, a, you have a quiz where you talk about kind of how you're living your life and then mm-hmm. you score it. I love mm-hmm. these type of things. Mm-hmm. I'm in the corporate world. We have all these assessment tools and everything. Yeah. And um, one, and you can probably talk a little bit more about this, but it's a free quiz and I totally urge everybody to do it. The result I got was called the mid zone. Ah, yep. okay. Yep. And, and so can you tell us just quickly that quiz? And mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to know there's the extremes. I think were astonishingly, al- astonishingly mm-hmm. alive and mm-hmm. the dead zone and I'm right in the <laughs> yeah. middle. Can you tell us just a little bit about that quiz? 
<laughs> oh, I'd love to. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like the culmination of the work I do. So uh, I like to look at like, let's just get this framework kind of straight in our heads. It's not just about living longer. Longer is great, but we want it, you know, we want quality of life, not just quantity. So I look at it as also living wider and deeper and wider has to do with adding more vitality into life, more of that's like the fun and the pleasure and the just neat experiences and the travel and all that. And then living deeper has to do literally with a deeper part of life, like more meaning and purpose and connection to people and maybe spirituality and that stuff. So when you put those, you know, wider and deeper together, you get, you get quadrants, you get a whole model. And then that's where my quiz is based is nosing around the ways in which you are living or not living with vitality and living or not living with a lot of meaning. And so based on those quadrants, you could end up in what's called meaningfully bored, which is where a lot of people live. Uh, it's where they have enough meaning in their life, but they're just bored. They want to get out more, do more things, have more fun, have more hobbies. Busy people tend to fall into that category, right? Like it's all work, no play maybe. Um, there is a vitally empty category, which is where you're having a lot of fun, woohoo, but you go home and you're like, I feel a little empty. <laughs> this feels a little shallow. Uh, and therefore, you know, and need to maybe add more meaning into life. And then, like you said, there is the dead zone and that's where you're not anywhere plus on vitality or meaning. And that's unfortunate, but we find ourselves there, you know, through periods of life or sometimes parts of different, some parts of different days were there. And then astonishingly alive is where I would urge us to, to plot ourselves. And this is the good news is that this is this is by choice. Like an astonishingly alive life doesn't happen to us. Damn it. We have to be constructive about it and say, well, what might it take for me to feel like I'm going to add a little more fun into my life this week or a little more meaning, that sense of connection, maybe to friends again. And that is the stuff that nudges us up into that astonishingly alive zone and makes the most of those remaining Mondays, 1400, 1800, 200, however many you have. Um, so right now, Sean, if you're in the mid zone, that means, of course, well, you're very human. You show tendencies kind of of all of those zones. And I don't know if one of them that I mentioned resonates more than the other. Like, can I ask, like, yeah. what do you think it is that ended up putting you in the mid zone? I think that um, just the, the expression that I had that from your website, one of the things that it gives you, first of all, everybody, it gives you like tips from every quadrant you're in to mm -hmm. figure out some some things that you can do, action steps. And and then it gives you like phrases of like what maybe describes you. And one of them that resonated with me was, I want more from life, but I don't know quite how to get it. That's what really, like there's more, you know, I'm okay, but there's there's more. That's what kind of resonated the most for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm so glad you shared that because I think right now that one's rankling a lot of people. You know, that feeling like the more, the wanting of more is a really good indication. It's like, you know, someone that wants to in some way self-actualize or yeah, I want to ring the clock. I want to get the most out of it, but I, I, you're you're um, you're in a very normal spot because for many busy adults, we either have lost touch about the thing that it's going to take to make us feel like we are a little more alive, because we're I don't know we're responsible adults and all we're doing is working and we're doing chores and we're paying bills and we've lost the plot on oh my gosh doing that thing like playing the guitar used to make me really happy or. I used to go to for on hikes a little more often in the in the forest. And why don't I do that anymore? Or, or, or. So sometimes we forget the stuff that used to bring us joy and make us feel alive. That's one of those things. And I don't know if that's true for you, if you kind of need to get back on track with that. Yeah. No, I'm, and it's funny that you mentioned that. Actually, those are two things specifically that's on my list right now to do more of. 
guitar, yeah. but I've been taking up piano and that's really helping um, really? give some joy and playing and stuff. So that's definitely one. And I did go hiking two weeks ago for the first time in six months and it felt good to be in the forest for sure. So oh, that's so funny that I was um, kind of no, clairvoyant. You're like, are you re- yeah, you're re- I have clairvoyant people on the show once in a while. And I think you might <laughs> tap into that a little bit. Um, Maybe you're rubbing off on me. But I, I think let, let, let's just assume a lot of people are like me. And I think people listening to the show too are like, you listen to shows like this because you want more, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of probably people resonate with that. Yeah. And one of the things you had also on your, uh, your quiz as, as a kind of a, a framework too, was mm-hmm. you, you talked about Nietzsche and you talked about this idea of this internal return. Like mm-hmm. basically I think paraphrasing it, would you live the life you're living again? Like what would you relive? What would you change? Is that, did I get that kind of right? Yeah. Yeah. In, in one of his stories, he does pose that really provocative question that um, what, how would it make you feel essentially if you all of a sudden it was either a curse or a blessing or somewhere in between your life that you've lived, however many days or Mondays it's been till from birth till now, you're living that exact life on replay for all of eternity. So all the highs, woohoo, you get to, you know, do all the, yay, the wedding day again, or the big promotion day again, or, and all the lows, and then all the boring crap in the middle, that life, whatever your life looks like right now, again, and again, and again, it's like the world's most elongated groundhog day. It's groundhog life again and again. And his premise, of course, is either that will delight you or it will crush you or somewhere maybe again in between. And I really find it fascinating to go, wait a sec, like any assessment we can come up with to think of the way we're living, I think is important. And if I can be so bold, like you're familiar with the net promoter score, you know, it's like a customer service tool. Like, would you recommend this product? And like, you know, to what extent would you, um, yeah, tell a friend or family member? Yes, you should do this. I also, ha- I like um, bastardizing it and saying, would you recommend your life? Like, again, take your life from the minute you were born. I mean, be kind of up until now. And would you, if it was a product on the shelf, would you offer, would you say to somebody, you know what? I've done a pretty bang up job. Yeah. There were a lot of lows. There were a lot of boring moments on the couch, but generally I kind of feel like I've lived this life. That to me is another way. And honestly, like it makes me widen my eyes and think, Ooh, I, I, I might want to spice things up around here, or I might want to do a little more volunteering. You know, I, am I living a life? Not, not just again, because this isn't meant to be about external optics about right. who's judging you, but these are frameworks to look at it. But and, I, I have a question on that. So and this yeah. kind of maybe ties it back to a little bit of mental health, but like a lot of times we think about, you know, bad things that have happened to us, negative things. Maybe you've had mm. illnesses, death, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. you, you always hear people saying, I wouldn't change it. You know, I wouldn't yeah. change that, like that yeah. tragedy I had because it led to this, this, and this. Yeah. That part of this exercise is maybe yeah, appreciating kind of what you went through. Oh, that's so beautiful. So you're, you're making me think of a couple of things. Number one, it, even like on that meaning dimension of depth, Meaning is often forged through fire. So it comes from struggle, suffer, loss, grief, tears. And I'm not just putting a little mm, convenient positive psychology bow on top of crap, but it is true that these are the poignant moments that shape who we are, that allow us to gain the perspective of how to treasure the times that are good in juxtaposition about the times that are not good. And it it does character build, right? So we, I believe that's true. And then we could also get into post-traumatic growth, which exists for you know a significant part of the population, we emerge stronger and even um, more more um, in a better place 
as a result of the traumas that have happened. So I agree with you that there is real goodness there. And so I am also a fan of like, we don't, I'm not interested in um, relitigating the past about stuff that we've done or the things that have happened. I appreciate it and it shapes us. I think the direction we talk about with this memento mori conversation and, you know, counting our Mondays and being mindful of the life we lived is that it's our opportunity to, to assess and then say, what have I not done yet that I want to do? Or, you know, what are those longings or little hopes or desires or dreams, or maybe goals, big goals, small goals that I would feel pretty darn crap about myself if I, if my life was over tonight and I didn't do the thing I said I wanted to do. You know, so yeah, we're, the heartbreak and the sorrow, all those things are um, formative and there. And even the regrets, the things we did that we wished we hadn't done, that's water under the bridge. You know, now's our opportunity to say, what do I want to do now with mm. this life I have been shaping and how do I want to shape it moving forward? Because it's my clay to freaking mold. Yeah. Well, this kind of relates to, to like, what differentiates the people that can appreciate the staunching alive people that you know and also when people have like a and i know you talked about this in your uh, ted talk but when people have a, a terminal illness right and they have they have their 400 they have their mondays like really reduced but some people are able to like identify that and go forward from it and actually really embrace it where uh, we all have the same death sentence ours might be longer right but a lot of us can't do that. Like, I'll give you one example. Like um, yeah. a friend of mine, uh, my, my brother's really close friend passed away recently, right? Mm -hmm. And we all went to his his um, ceremony and they gave us this beautiful hat because he was a funny guy and it's like a, a hat and then, and then we and we got like a little momentum and a picture. And, and for about mm -hmm. a few days, like I kept it right in front of me and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to live differently. And then the hat gets put away and the picture gets put away and I just forget, even though mm -hmm. I told myself I wasn't going to forget, why do we do that? Yes. Yes. You're tapping into the thing that keeps me going in all honesty. Cause uh, if, if only it was as easy as having an epiphany, um, on maybe one that came from a really scary diagnosis that, you know, Ooh, thank goodness I'm in remission. And now I will live my life differently. Cause I've seen the edge. You are totally right. Those people have a greater sense of clarity. That's more enduring that wake up call for them feels more fresh, more regular. But I will say, I work with a lot of people and a lot of groups where they're also scared that I don't want to lose this feeling, this aha, this insight. So even people who've had the gift of a brush with death are facing what we all face as mere mortals, which is we adapt. And it's a blessing and it's a curse. And man, oh man, you know, um, this is why I do what I do. It's, it's a constant reminder that we need. So we can't just count our Mondays once and go, wow, you know, I've, now I see the light, life short. Here is how I will live this incredible life astonishingly from now on it's constant so this is where i talk about it being memento mori the you know the old latin phrase that means remember we must die it's a practice it is it's a, it's an intervention that i recommend daily and okay fine like i have an appetite for it way more often than most but let's make like let's make it let's de-squeamishify it and make it make it you know less fearful and scary and more of a, okay, I accept, I know it's going to come. How do I tune into it daily? And so I'm a big fan, no matter where I look like, trust me, my whole area is littered. Like I've got a scarf here with skulls on it. Of course, my earrings have skulls on it. I've got little reminders. Of course, like everywhere you look around here, there's a freaking hourglass or something that brings me back to 
right. Time's ticking. And it's just like, it's like meditation. You know, when your mind wanders, that's okay. It's supposed to do that. Your job is to gently bring it back. It's okay, sweetie. Come on back to focusing, hopefully on nothing. It's come on back. Let's focus on time's limited. How much time? Well, maybe this much. And in light of that, what will be a really great thing that would make me feel proud to be alive? Maybe even in the next month, what do I want to initiate? What do I want to finish? What would make me feel alive? Well, this is interesting because I was just going to ask like, okay, so what are practical things that you can do to kind of daily to remind you? And one of the things I'm mm -hmm. hearing loud and clear is having symbols of death mm -hmm. for you to remind yourself of death. Now I'll be contrary. Mm -hmm. And some people say, you know, if you think about death and all that, you're, you're making yourself closer to dying. But I think to me, it sounds like you are, that's your intention is to have that intensity of, of that, you know, immediate. Yeah. 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 I think you're highlighting something important because I think the initial thought could be a turnoff, right? Like whether you believe in that you can manifest things or whatnot, like if I keep thinking I'm going to die, am I going to make that true? And I do think that, um, well, I, I don't know. I don't think that's true, but what I'm talking about the catapult that comes from thinking you're going to die. And that's the step that's essential, right? So I talk all about death, not just because I think skulls are cool. It's in service of living before we die. And so for me, again, you know, I've already made a shortcut in my brain about, ah, I see that skull. And it's not because I'm going to think about my body rotting or, you know, in the crematorium. It's about, not about death. It's about living. And so it's, ah, right. Reminder that I want to live before I do in fact die. So I think that that's the, of course, like an intermediate step of, wait, yes. oh, oh, what, so now what? What do I do with this unfortunate information, this you're unfortunate not, reminder? You're not thinking about the act of physically being dead, but the, the mm -hmm. idea that your time is finite and you every day when you're having you know struggles, oh, you look at that skull and you go, oh, wait a second, I'm going to die someday. Yeah. I need to like, you know, remember <laughs> yeah. that. So and how, how did, okay, so any other practical tips yeah. with that? Thanks for asking that because you just reminded me like like little talismans are great, but I do think that socializing it is key, like um, being willing to talk with your friends over, you know, happy hour or drinks or your family about, hey, like having all these fanciful discussions, like even stuff like, okay, what's on your bucket list? If you knew you had two years, five years, like have all those experimental conversations because it's a soft acknowledgement of the inevitable demise, but it's again, more of the energy is in what cool stuff do you want to do? And those are great conversations that I, I mean, there are 98 versions of them that you can morph, you know, um, uh, with, with friends and family. And so just having those, having those chats, I think is valuable. So getting back to the, the differentiation between those astonishing alive people and the dead zone, like in your yeah. study and all your research, how yeah. do you, what are the characteristics of people that are astonishingly alive? How do they get there? Are they born that way or do they adapt to become that way? And, and it comes down to something that I'll be very honest. It's just a little bit boring. And it's this, it's that the people who are living astonishingly alive have a greater sense of clarity about the stuff that's going to make them feel alive. And then they schedule it. Mm. And it's so boring to open up your calendar, but that's the difference sometimes between people that have good intentions about living life large or even just not, not large, maybe even just a little wider than today or deeper than today and people who actually make it happen. Because think about the times you have said, man, you know, I, I would really love to go to Peru, you know, it'd be great. Okay. But do you like, when might you want to do that? 
do you actually want to actively calendar it? Like, is that something that is a, is it a pipe dream or is it, do you want to plan it for fall of 2024? Like, what would that look like? Or you say, oh, you know, when you're talking to a friend, we should totally get together. We should, we should do a road trip like we used to. Yeah, great. Like, when might that happen? What, should we look at the calendar? Do you want to do that? Oh, you know what? Spring's better weather there. Yes, we should. You know what? What about the third weekend in April? So even the little tiny goofy things, because this is where I think life gets lived. Trips and road trips and big things, uh, they are fabulous and we can look forward to them. And they're also potentially expensive and time consuming and we don't all have money and time. So what about even the little things like scheduling, the little thing that might bring you joy in your neighborhood? Like I'm going to go to the free art museum thing on for residents on Thursday night. Let's do it. You know, or there's like a, there, where I live here near in Palm Springs, there's a freaking observatory in Rancho Mirage that I've been talking about going to for a year. And like, what do, am I waiting to die? Right. No, I mean, I would regret not going to look at the stars one night. And so I need to just say, let's get the calendar out. What Thursday night are we going to go do? So Sunday? it's Jody, it's taking action. It's taking, it's taking it off the paper, off your head and into your calendar and doing it. Totally. You know, like you're hitting me. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. It's and I, and, yes. And, and, taking and it, your good intentions and actioning them. Yep. And I'll just give you a practical example. I talked about hiking. I had been writing about, okay, I need to go hiking for like months. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one Saturday morning, I wrote it in my calendar. I'm going hiking and it was a great experience. So it's actually taking steps. It's, it's you, all the things that you talked about, by the way, I've been to Peru. It's awesome. Um, oh, so so I, that, I think you're reading my mind in terms of the I things. Um, what else do I want to do? You tell me like, what, <laughs> what else do I need to do, Jody? And, we'll, um, we'll come up with it. Um, but no, the, it, and also the other thing I wanted to mention too, that's hitting me is appreciating life because knowing you're going to die is a lot about positive psychology is a lot about gratitude and appreciation, right? Mm -hmm. um, for me, like, um, you know, Sean Aker, who's obviously in that field, right? One yeah. of the first books that got me into personal development and was a book he had about, you know, finding happiness um, mm -hmm. in terms of writing literally gratitude lists and things like that. Yeah. I know that's simple, but yeah. is this, is the work you do you know, yeah. it's that part of the work you do is this appreciation. Yeah. It is. So gratitude and the link between gratitude and this sort of mortality awareness. Oh, they're so tied. You know, there are even studies um, around the notion that when we do contemplate our mortality, it does tend to elicit a more sort of grateful uh, response. Sometimes it's just a literal, like, wow, I'm grateful to be alive. Um, but the relationship, so on its own, as a well-being positive intervention, gratitude is one of the most studied, like empirically based interventions out there. And it is life-changing, you know, um, even, like even in the subtlest ways, right? So that to me, I look at things like, what are the little tips and tricks and things we can do to help us live like we mean it, live um, the, the kind of the good life before we do in fact die. And I always love it when I can correlate that, um, that, the practice of memento mori is something that more than from, for many of us, it's more than just giving us the spark plugs to go, Oh gosh. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I do want to book that online course I was taking and I do want to sign up for tennis lessons. Um, it's, it's that it does tend to create something that feels pretty sacred, which is wow. You know, like 1400 left, like, wow, I'm, I'm grateful for how far I've come. And I, and I might not get 1400 or 1800 or however many. And so therefore now see them as precious. And 
that's 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 what this is. It's called temporal scarcity. It's that it, we're more valuable when we see that we are not going to go on forever, kind of Nietzsche style. <laughs> I, I love it. Now, kind of as we wrap up here, I know you're putting all these brilliant thoughts. Is it your first book or a book that you're writing specifically on this topic? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you. Uh, yes, my first book, and it's. Oh, I'm so excited about this. This is the this to me is like an, I'm an astonishingly alive zone just just waiting for it to come out. So it's on pre-order now and it's coming out in May. It's called You Only Die Once, How to Make It to the End with No Regrets. And it's everything we've talked about and more. I'm just so excited. Oh, it's awesome. And on the picture on the cover, I don't know if you're this is the final cover, but you have yeah. a skier, a, a Grim Reaper skier, basically. Something like that, right? Is that right? Yes, the, the Grim Reaper is water skiing. I was water in, skiing, I, water skiing, yeah. water skiing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did see that. So yeah, so definitely, uh, we'll definitely we'll check that out. I, I really like how, as we kind of wrap up here, a lot of the things that we talk about on the show, you've, you've, you, you've covered like, you know, gratitude and, and taking action and using your calendar, all these things are so practical. And so, and, and you've shown science-based that if you do these things, you're going to, it's going to, you're going to move towards that astonishing alive, at least yeah. get out of the dead zone. I don't want to be on the dead zone, um, yeah, but definitely. I, I but I really appreciate it. Is there any other thoughts or anything you want to kind of, as we wrap up here, do you want to share with us as we, mm. you know, thanks for asking. I would just don't underestimate the simple stuff um, that we think is, I mean, I'm the one that chose the word astonishingly alive, which sounds obviously pretty large and it's not meant to be intimidating. Like I've got to book big trips and I don't know, like somehow get on a yacht to live a life that's worth living. No, it's the simple pleasures that often are con like we, again, that we make very deliberate and say like, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes today at lunch and I'm going to eat outside and I'm going to read a chapter of that novel. And that, that's 10 minutes that's going to enliven your life in a way that if you just checked emails while you were scarfing back Chipotle, like would your, like your life can be a little bit better if you actually just plan that little five or 10 or 20 minute increment. Well, thank you so much, Dre. This has been amazing. Mm -hmm. So good to chat with you. Time well spent. There you have it. And so I'm post-interview here, and I just had a great conversation with Jody Wellman. Yes, we talked about you know things like taking action and living better, appreciating your life and all this stuff, but the connection we kind of had, it just led to wanting to take more action. I don't know how to describe it. So after we pressed pause or after we stopped the recording, we talked a little bit about like, some goals and different things. She's a professional. She's in the coaching space in the corporate world for, she's been there for 25 years and she does all sorts of different coaching and things. And, she, and then she's passionate about this work that she does to helping people live their best lives. That's what really gets her, but she didn't need to leave her corporate work to do this other work. So I could relate to that. I have a corporate job and um, you know, I help people in technology and things like that, but I'm passionate about mental health. So we just had this really good conversation about, for me, it's, it's for all of us is trying to live a little bit more vulnerably, I guess is the way to, to put it. And the fear of like people seeing your struggles and seeing your, the, the, the quote unquote shit in your life and not having everything together and all that. And it just, it, it just it rang true. It's like, sometimes you just talk to people and it just rings true. Like you connect in a way and it gives you ideas, they get ideas and all that good stuff. So long way of saying that 
things come in your life for reasons. Messages you hear come in your life for specific reasons. And uh, this talk today about really valuing your life and living the, your best life has to do with really appreciating the things that are going to help you and make you live better. And it's maybe it's letting go some of that fear of, of not trying things and not doing things and putting things literally on your calendar. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Happy Brain. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.